Euh, dites donc, Nadej, euh, comment aviez-vous recruté le nouveau si rapidement la dernière fois Bah, LinkedIn. Ah bon, parce que là, j'ai besoin de toute urgence d'un ingénieur en IA. Alors, où est-ce qu'on peut le trouver Bah, LinkedIn. Mais j'ai pas le temps de voir mille candidats, moi. Comment on va faire Bah, LinkedIn. Bah, 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 bah. Vu l'urgence, vous êtes vraiment confiante, Nadej Bah, oui. Avec 8 personnes recrutées par minute sur LinkedIn, pour tous vos recrutements, il y a, bah, LinkedIn. Pour en savoir plus, rendez-vous sur linkedin.com slash je recrute. Hey, Sinead, guess what? What? I've become a Steve Martin head after watching this show. Have you? I've been Martin pilled. Okay. <laughs> I went and bought his book. I didn't go and bought his book. I saw his book and I was like, I like Steve Martin now. I'll read that. And I've read like half of it already in a couple of days. Great. It's tough. I haven't watched any of his movies. So it's kind of more of a theoretical Martin Pilling at the moment, but it'll be happening. Well, Don't you worry. Little. Is he in that, is he? Isn't he the dad? Well, that's Hugh Laurie. Yep, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing if not consistent. Like, you've got to give me that. <laughs> consistent in your... In my inconsistency. Yeah. <laughs> Hello there, everybody. My name is Lonnie. I'm here with Sinead. How's it going, Sinead? Hello. Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Very well. I've been really enjoying watching Only Murders in the Building. This show we do, by the way, is called I Only Like You in Movies. Occasionally, we branch out into TV, usually Netflix. But, you know, this is a Disney Plus show for us. But Hulu overseas? I'd never know what Hulu is, really, to be honest. Do you? Uh, broadcasting Network? Right. Okay. Anyway, only murders in the building. I don't know if people listen to the first like minute of this show just to get an overview of a show before we get into spoilers, but I will say, really good. Go watch it. I had a good time with it. Now. It was fun. Yeah, you had a good time too, Sine? Yeah, don't just give the people your opinion. Check it. I want to be a part of the first minute of the podcast too. No, no. I know you like spoilers, so I was going to try and get into spoilers straight away so you could... Here's my non-spoiler quote. Okay. It was fun. Give it a go. All right. That's going to be on the poster for the season two when it comes out <laughs> from Sine Chapel, qualified podcaster, reviewer. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it, it, I don't think it was – like I heard about it happening, right? I think I saw Steve Martin on like The Project or, or some other interviews. I wasn't seeking it out. I wasn't Martin Pilled by that stage. And he was like, yeah, I got this show coming up and it's about – these guys who start, you know, becoming amateur sleuths, but they only do it for murders that happen in their building. And it kind of, it kind of sounds a bit quirky and funny, but I wasn't like, I don't know if I'll bother. But then I saw some good buzz about it and I was like, you know what, I'll give it a go. It's only half an hour, the first episode. But I was hooked from the get-go, Sine. Mm-hmm. What's it about? <laughs> people who don't know what it's about. So there's three people who live in a building in New York called the Arconia, which is like a fancy building for fancy rich people. Yes, yeah, like, and you know, our last episode today, you were talking about some apartment living getting some representation in night books. Well, here yes. you go. Yeah. Much prefer this one. A bit um, different living in <laughs> Upper West Side rather than wherever they were in the small downtown apartment in night books, but still, repping. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. They all like true crime podcasts and someone dies in their building and they take it upon themselves to investigate the murder. Yeah, and so they're three strangers and, you know, 
it's sort of billed as a murder mystery comedy. That's all true. But you don't realise going in how, like, lonely it will be or how sad some of the characters will be. And it's kind of a, very much a character study of people who are living in, you know, the world city, one of the biggest cities with lots of people around them, but are so, so alone in their lives. And, you know, as the show goes on, they become closer than the people they, they should have been friends with all along. Um, but it's got more depth, so I'm trying to say, than what it might seem like as a silly comedy about a murder podcast. Did you think that too, Sinead, was quite, like, serious and sort of delving into some more serious topics? Um, yes and no. I think some mm. episodes were, but then I thought it, overall it's quite a light-touch show. Yeah, that, that's true. It's just interesting to make your lead character, Steve Martin, be someone who's, you know, living by himself and can't establish a relationship with anybody and, and Martin Short is, you know, on the surface out there and a bit outrageous, but deep down is very he's failure in his life and selena gomez is not someone i've really ever had much to do with <laughs> professionally or personally or watching her material are you a selena gomez head surname no i mean she's fine i don't have anything against her i just haven't like caught the selena train you know yeah she's kind of a bit, bit behind our time probably like you know people were you know big when we were teenagers she was just a little bit below that um, but I really liked her in this, my first time experiencing her, really. What do you think of her? Yeah, she was great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's plenty more than that for the podcast, and eh? for, the po- for the poster and so forth. She was great. I Let's get into actually talking about the show. We don't what? need to give my personal feelings on Selena Gomez. No, no cares. I was asking what you thought of her on the show. She was fine. Okay, let's move on to the next part of the podcast. What do you want to talk about? So, opening credit sequence. I love a good opening credit sequence. Animation, beautiful. Your thoughts? My thoughts, I really liked it as well, and I think I could watch a whole movie in that style of animation. And it's very cool because it's like a um, New Yorker cartoon style, and that fits, obviously, where the the series is set. Um, But also, it's kind of, it's building up, you know, perhaps I'm reading too much into it, but... A lot of the characters are, are drawn and it's like they're characters within a story and it's kind of, that's what's happening in the show as well. Obviously, it's a series of watching, but all the characters become characters within the podcast, within the show. I think maybe that title sequence is kind of leaning into that as well. Mm-hmm. Very um, Rear Window-esque, which we all know, my favourite film. It's the best movie ever made, so... It is the best movie yeah. ever made. Yeah, were you... Did you work it out, Sinead, the, the mystery, which we should get into now? So if you don't want to... Yeah, huge don't... spoilers. Yeah. Don't listen. Okay, I think they're gone. So here's the problem, everyone. Back in... 1995. <laughs> okay. There was a little movie released called Seven, starring Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. And it was directed by David Fincher. If you haven't seen it, it's one of the, like, the pinnacles of the genre. So probably go watch that. I'm going to spoil that film. But you've had <laughs> almost 30 years to watch it. So I can't really do much for you if you haven't seen it. So the big reveal in Seven is they're trying to find this murderer, right? This serial killer. And it turns out to be Kevin Spacey. 
And Kevin Spacey, who was really popular at the time, personally requested not to be on any of the promotional material for the film because he his thinking was if they saw that I was credited and I don't turn up for the first hour, they know I'm going to be the murderer, right? So then it takes out all dramatic tension and narrative tension from the film. Only Murders in the Building cannot credit someone like Amy Ryan as a main star of this show. I think she's even an and or a with, which is like extra points, right? And have her not turn up in the first like two to three episodes while they're trying to find this mysterious murderer. Of course it's going to be Amy Ryan. Someone like Amy Ryan wouldn't have signed on to a show like this if she didn't have like a significant role to play. And so... I find this quite interesting because the writer of this series, you're sitting in this like insular sort of thing with your world and you're like, this is how it, how it gets developed and shown that she's the murderer. This is what's going to happen. And then there's a whole separate process with casting and a whole separate process of liaising with the actor's agent and the production company about billing rights and all that kind of stuff to argue who gets billed first and how they're built and all that, right? Because those two things don't talk to each other, those two separate systems don't talk to each other, there's no way to, like, fix this because obviously Amy Ryan wants to be credited as being in this show. Like, she's got a pretty great acting resume. She's not going to sign on to a show that don't credit her. But I just think that in this sort of, like, post-post-modernism film where we're sort of going against, against, against the metatextual stuff, I just think we need to turn our attention, perhaps, production companies, to things like this that disrupt the viewing experience. Because I never bought into the fact that she was going to be anything other than the murderer because she's Amy Ryan and she's on this show. And I just think maybe... Like, start there, right? Start there and then do something that will surprise me or make me think, ah, I thought it was her, but it turns out it's not. She's, I don't know. I don't know your solution. I'm just saying this is a problem (laughs) and it affected my enjoyment of the show. It affected my engagement with the narrative and the plot. And I just think it's like a little thing that's slipping under the cracks that's really affecting the viewing experience, but no one's thinking about it. Now, do you think that is a problem necessarily with the publicity side of things, like the credits of the show and how it's advertised, or is it a narrative problem where you've got someone of the star power of, of Amy Ryan in seemingly a minor role as, you know, as a girlfriend, when clearly all our narrative experience is like, oh, it's always going to be someone you least suspect, and if she's just there as a sort of minor player... Uh, it's going to be pretty obvious that she's going to turn out to be the one who did it. Mm-hmm. Is that more a problem within the narrative then, rather than the outside metatextual stuff? Well, maybe. But the other thing is, like, Jane Lynch is in this. There was no hint. I didn't even know she was there. Jane Lynch just turns up to random shows, doesn't she? She's just like, <laughs> is Jane available today? It might be fun to have her in our show. And she pops up, you know, and it was a nice surprise that, like, oh, Jane's here for a little cameo. And that didn't disrupt the narrative because I didn't go, oh, they bring Jane Lynch in for two episodes. That means she must be the murderer. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think it links back to what I've been saying the last few weeks, actually, about the Roger Ebert's law of the economy of characters 
where, like, just to recap, it's the idea that movies are too expensive to make and have unnecessary characters, and you're not going to have a big star in a minor role. So if you get towards the end and there's some character who hasn't been revealed yet, kind of exactly what you were saying, well, of course, they're going to be the one who did it or they're going to be more important than they first appeared. And for me, actually, I was watching this. I didn't think of it straight away when Amy Ryan turned up, but then I watched, I think I watched the first four episodes because they were out and then I watched the rest of it week to week. And it must have been after like episode six or seven or something. I was just living my life. I think I was at work or something. Then it just came to me. I was like, oh yeah, Amy Ryan did it. She had to have done it because why else is she in the show? Yeah. And actually I should admit as well, I thought the first season was only nine episodes. So you can imagine my surprise when we got to the end of <laughs> episode nine. And then I was like, this does not feel wrapped up at all. Looked up. Oh, one more to go. That makes more sense. Makes much more sense. <laughs> I think to clarify, like there's no shortage of suspects in this show, right? Like the whole idea is that everyone who lives in the building is a suspect, right? So you've got the guy with the cat, you've got the um, bloody corporate lady, building lady, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the psychiatrist who's working there. Got Nathan Lane. You've got Nathan Lane. <laughs> and I think Nathan Lane is the only counter point to my complaint that has any weight to it because they're very much like it's obviously Nathan Lane it's obviously Nathan Lane it's obviously Nathan Lane but the show's done this thing where which most shows are doing now I'm finding where the big reveal turns out to be the product of a number of different characters meddling Mm. like it's it's never really like oh this character was behind it all it's like this character did this bit but this little bit that you were putting so much weight on turns out that wasn't relevant because this other character was doing it or whatever um, but what I'm saying is, so you've got the guy with the cat who I've never seen before. You've got the psychiatrist who I've never seen before. And you've got the building manager who I've never seen before. And then you've got Amy Ryan, who's trying to blend into this, like, we're all just mm. unknown actors who are being like in this building. Oh, who could it possibly be? It's like, obviously she's the one that stands out there. I don't know. I just, I was, I love her. Let me make this clear. This is not a complaint that Amy Ryan is in the show. She is one of my favourite actors of all time. She's perfect and she plays this role exquisitely, truly. But I just wanted a bit more. I wanted to not figure it out on, you know, the first episode that she was in. Yeah, and you're right. They, they do build up um, Nathan Lane so much, mm. but they do it too early as well. Like you, yes. yeah, they're not going to reveal the, the, the real villain yeah, episode episode six. six or seven, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do know something else is happening. You look around. Who's left? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amy. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's it's one of those things that's that could be something that we start to play with a bit more now because we were expecting the twist. So maybe, yeah, give us a twist on the twist. That's what I meant, yeah. Like maybe start at the basis that, okay, people are going to think this is the case. Mm. Like audience, audience expectations and audience like... There's no room for dramatic irony or anything. Like I'm just watching you play sort of a paint-by-numbers sort of thing because you've outlined to me in the credits what's going to happen essentially. We're not going to put paint-by-numbers on the poster. I don't think that's going to be up there today. (laughs) (laughs) I think Amy Ryan is exquisite would be, although she probably might be in season two the way it turns out. Um, But (sighs) in terms of um, twists though, I liked the twist very early on that – 
Selena Gomez's Mabel was actually friends with the guy or at least knew the guy who died. Yes, that was interesting. And and Steve Martin's character, Charles Hayden Savage, love it. Um, <laughs> it's a great name, <laughs> who we, we think is, has given this, you know, very tearful monologue about his childhood and it turns out he lifted it from his TV show. Like, yeah. I think maybe they lost that a bit, but it was interesting to think of our heroes early on who are you know, uncovering the truth are all lying to each other. I thought that was an interesting thing. It kind of, you know, after episode three, didn't lead into that as much, but yeah. that was cool. Um, and also like, talking about how mysteries often seems like in vogue at the moment to have, you know, more than one person contribute to it, even if they don't realise what they're contributing to. It's also something I've been noticing a little bit is like having two crimes so like in this one we have two mysteries really there's a mystery from 10 years ago about what happened to mabel's yes. friend and that can get resolved and have a villain but also the the secondary or mm. kind of having like your 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 big boss for the whole season a big bad for the whole season that carries on but then a few little mysteries throughout um i probably didn't like the who fell off the building or who pushed the building the girl off the building as much to be honest yeah it felt a little, like, distracting us from the main plot, to be honest. Yeah, like, in episode one, it's like, who killed Tim Kano? I want to see that, you know? Yes. The other mystery came along. Um, but I thought it, it was quite um, well done, don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't quite what I was in, as into. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Martin Short, though? Oh, please. Can we talk about dips for dinner? <laughs> Which, yes. Which you like. Time. You don't mind that, do you? Give me a little cheese board for dinner any day of the week. <laughs> Dips for dinner. He has a dog called Winnie. Yeah. Who he pushes around in a pram, whom is just the most perfect character. Yeah. Although don't promise me Winnie and then go ship her off to stay with your son for the whole series, all right? Like if you yeah. promise me Winnie in episode one, I want Winnie in every episode. But having said that, Sine, it was a bit of a Chekhov's pram there by having Winnie in the pram in the first few episodes. It and was. then that's what Steve Martin ends up in in the final episode. Yes. I thought that was pretty good. And I know we're talking about Martin Short, but just as I recall, in that final episode where Charles Hayden Savage stands up from yes. the pram to give his monologue. Like, yeah. yeah. Did you like that? I thought that, that was, was clever. great. Yeah. Because I, I did, I totally fell for it. And I was like, <laughs> how is he standing? He just, this is ridiculous. He just got poisoned and he's standing this whole show. And then I was like, oh, yeah. I, I received all of my previous comments. <laughs> no. So that's an example of the show playing with expectations, which I think it did well. Yeah. Um, but Martin Shaw, the one thing I want to mention, obviously fantastic. Uh, just uh, tour de force Perfectly really cast isn't he yeah so we should say he plays a like ex-broadway director yeah. essentially and he, the podcast is his idea and so the whole time he's like throwing directions at mabel and yeah. um charles to try and like get them to say a line slightly differently as they're like uncovering no. something and he's like very cutting the whole time in that sort of yeah as you, as you could imagine, a Broadway director being very um, fierce and yes. not, not taking anyone and being, you know, not suffering fools, even though he's a bit of a fool himself. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like he just walked off an actual Broadway set, though, wasn't it? Like he's just a perfect character. Yeah. Um, very His believable. His character's a bit like over the top, a bit larger than life, but I think it fits with the character. Yeah. You know, and he's he's mellowed a bit by Charles's 
well, by Steve Martin's performance, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's a good balance there. Yeah. And obviously they've been lots of things over the years and they're very good friends in real life. Yeah. Uh, but it must be fun for them to play, you know, two guys at first who don't really have yeah. much going, <laughs> don't really like each other at all. Um, one thing I wanted to mention as well in the show, probably doesn't get much credit for it from what I've seen at least, there are some interesting um, sort of fantasy sequences. Yeah, and so I made a note of this in my notes. Yeah. The inventiveness. So there's like... There's one episode where there's the ground that bounces, that they, like, drop things off or fall yeah. off and it, like, picks them back up and puts them on. That was really thing, cool, I thought. so cool. And a cool metaphor, like, you know. Yes. Especially for well, all of them, I suppose, but Martin Short's Oliver Putnam, he's the you know, disgraced Broadway director, yeah. but he's always got something else up his sleeve. He's always coming back. He's always, you know, picking yes. himself up after every failure. Quite, there's quite, also um, that musical sequence where he's mm-hmm. walking along the stage figuring out who the suspects will be and yeah, it's like those he's, characters. he's casting the, the yes. murderer. I love it. <laughs> it was so good. See, those, those, are things that the sh- sorry, those are things the show didn't have to do. Like you could just have a, no. a regular murder mystery show, like Castle or something like that, you know, but no, they want the extra effort to, to put those sort of sequences in. They really did. And one episode that we have to sort of touch on is the death episode. Absolutely. I thought that was really cool. I didn't think, I didn't expect it at all. And I kind of, it was a bit disorienting at first, but it was so interesting as it went on, eh? As I was watching it, I was like, why is this like the first example that I've seen of this ever on film? Like that's not really, we're in 2021 and this is the first sort of like really great episode where we're in like thinking of ways, Mm. thinking of ways to tell this story using film techniques while conveying to a hearing audience what's happening. Mm. And so the reason they do this is Nathan Lane's son, Theo, is deaf. Um, and it's sort of the episode where he he found out what happened back in the day when someone was mm. pushed off the building essentially because um, he accidentally pushed her off the building. And there's no, like, dialogue. There's no dialogue. There's you know, him lip reading and this like muted muffled sound and it's just so engaging. Yeah, and another example of, of what the show, you know, not many shows have done this in the past, so clearly it's not right. a compulsory element of film and TV, but they went and did it um, and I think uh, it was all the better for it. Um, I, I guess the only thing I'd say is it's a shame that he has to be the villain in that in that piece. Yes, <laughs> the, the deaf guy. Yeah. But still, um, you know, why not as well? Like, and he he was quite sympathetic still. So it wasn't like they're casting him as as the bad guy, and we should be you know, worried about deaf people or anything like that. But um, no, I think that was really cool. And you know, again, just for a quite lighthearted comedy mm-hmm. series that's on Disney Plus here, you know, quote unquote for free. You don't have to pay any extra for it. Um, no, they, they put in that extra effort. Um, There's that scene that's so heartbreaking when Nathan Lane's trying to get young Theo to listen to the song because he wants him to listen to the song and he, he's just so frustrated that he can't hear. Well, yeah, because he's oh. uh, yeah, in Broadway. Like, it's all about mm-hmm. singing and dancing and, and that, that life. But, yeah, very difficult when you're deaf and you can see that that's a bit of a disconnect between them. And that, and that carries on to the adult lives as well or yeah. the figures adult life I should say um yeah and it's cool that you know Tim Kono you kind of when he when he dies in the first episode 
like it's obviously sad if anyone dies, but he's not the most sympathetic guy from what we no. see. Um, but then we, we do uncover some more depths to his character and, you know, it looks like maybe for a while that he is running some sort of jewellery um, empire himself, but he's yeah. actually trying to uncover the sting. Oh, and <laughs> didn't mean to say that, but stings in this as well. <laughs> oh, let's talk about the sting. What what happened? <laughs> Which producer was he friends with to get this written into the show? I don't know. I wonder if he's mates with Steve Martin and Martin Short or something. I, don't I know. mean, you don't write a show. Can you imagine if you and I tried to write a screenplay and we're like, oh, yeah, and Sting just appears? <laughs> Everyone would be like, we're not getting Sting. Yeah. We're not getting Sting for the show, obviously. Um, I just remembered as well with Sting, the whole thing is that they, they buy him a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do, to break the ice. Yeah. So Sting, Sting lives, God, I can't believe we're talking about this. Sting lives in the building in the Arconia mm -hmm. and they genuinely think that he committed the crime. <laughs> And so it's Sting playing a version of himself just having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> and they really, like, they all of the puns, like, mm. don't stand so close to Sting, you know. Yeah. They're just unabashed about it, and that's it's kind of lovable. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. No, I was really into that. Like, it's a bit silly, but... I think the show was winking at that element of like having a stunt casting and, you know, bringing in a famous person to be the villain early on. I guess, in you know, even we'll talk about the podcast element of it in a second, but yeah, sometimes podcasts do stunts for publicity. So, kind of a reference to that, I suppose. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think if they'd gone any further with it, I might have been a bit over it, but it was just enough, probably. <laughs> just enough sting, as they say. Yes. Um, I could have probably done some more Saz, and hopefully she's in season two, to be honest. It's Jane Lynch's character. Oh, she's just great. Even the way that that's presented, so the whole idea is that she plays Charles's stunt double from back in the day, and yeah. it's Jane Lynch. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Even the sex scene she did. <laughs> it's just you don't realise how similar they are. Yeah. Like they're yeah. a similar height, and if they have their hair the same, and obviously they're wearing similar clothing, and there's a couple of nice... Yeah. Um, in sync moments that they have together, but yeah, it's a funny Jane idea. Lynch just blow like fresh air into everything that she's in. Mm -hmm. I just feel like when she turns up, I feel a genuine sense of joy in my heart. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Jane's here. That's so exciting. Mm. And she just comes in and like enlivens everything. And 
just boosts morale, it feels like. And then she, yeah. you know, spins off as, as fast as she came in and we're all like, oh, that was really good. <laughs> I, I think there might be more to a character, though, as you said before, about, you know, you didn't expect her to be the villain yes. when she turned up. I think there might be something more going on there. And do you want to talk about the, the ending now and, and season two that's sort of being <sighs> set up? Sure. Because you had some issues with it, I think. I do have issues with it because... You have to go away from your premise to make this show continue. Well, yeah, but didn't I forgot about the opening scene of the whole series is how the series ends. Yes, I and forgot a, too. <laughs> yeah, which I think you're supposed to forget because so much else happens. Mm. But I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember this now, but I totally forgot about it. Um, what's your you going away from the premise? Did you think it was just supposed to be the first podcast about the one, or the one podcast about the well, one so murder? Here's the thing, because I think about things logically and from a production point. So the show's called Only Murders in the Building. You can't have another murder in the building because then, <laughs> what? Why not? Because then it would point to them being like the suspects, right? Like you've killed another mm. person for your podcast, and we already hate you. Mm. And I just, I know it can't happen because it's on Disney. I understand that. And I understand that people want more of a show that they enjoyed. But I still think there's something to be said for making one really great series and leaving it at that. Mm. I just, do we have to run everything into the ground? Yeah, like I'm with you. I don't mind a miniseries or you know, a good old-fashioned 90-minute movie. Call me crazy. But I, 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 I like I the characters. Bit... I, want to, I want to spend more time with them. I know, and I do too. But it doesn't seem a bit, like, convoluted, like, to get stabbed by a knitting needle and then all of a sudden they're, like, all taken away, all three of them. Like, I, I don't well, know. Well, here's my thing, this mm -hmm. and I'm not the person who probably thought of this, but I guess I'm suffering why. But there is some unfinished business with the original murder, right? So why didn't the police do a tox report for Tim Kono? Someone's interfered there, haven't they? Oh, yeah, I forgot about all that. Mm. And they were kind of stonewalling the investigation from the detective, what I really liked. Mm -hmm. um, Devine Joy Randolph as the Detective Williams. <laughs> Doesn't like any of their podcasting, but then comes, it comes around eventually to them. That was interesting. Um, so that's something, I think, that could have yeah. a bit more of it. Um, I mean, it could be as simple as, like, they're being set up, obviously, for a murder. And I think in the final episode, doesn't um, Selena Gomez call her out, call Bunny out and say, I can't remember what she said exactly, but kind of gave her a threat in front of people. So that, you know, doesn't look good um, <laughs> when she's dead and you've got a bottle over you. Um, I don't know. I think, I don't think it was like, you know, setting up something where they didn't really know what was going on. I think they do have some ideas about where it'll keep going. So that's at least something. If you're going to do a second season, at least try and have a think about what it might be before, you know, during season one. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's a good point. So maybe, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll oh, see. Obviously I'm going to, like, watch and see what happens. But I just, I don't know, They've I've, I'm a bit off-put already mm -hmm. by that little, like, hook. Just felt a bit cheap to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, One thing that they did establish in the pilot, and I felt like, again, the pilot was a bit disconnected from the rest of the show. You say this a bit, don't you? The little pilot syndrome. I can just feel it. I can just feel it. 
they do this really cool thing and I wish they stayed with it where they actually color code the characters. So Mabel's in yellow and mustard. Um, I think I think Steve Martin's in like blue mm. or green and then Martin Short's in like plum and it's very mm. much like Cluedo, like mm-hmm. Professor Plum, Colonel Mustard, you know, Mr. Green. And I just wish that they kept that throughout the series because I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, I think that that's kind of lights to their their cartoon avatars in the credits as well. I yes. think have those colors. But it didn't stay on after mm. the pilot. It kind of like fell apart. Well, that's a question for you. Did you like Selena Gomez's big jackets and clothes? I thought you would have been into it. She looks great. There's no way I could pull that off. I she looks you, great. I reckon you could, Sine. <laughs> the big yellow jacket. Yeah, I reckon you could. No. Give no it a go. way. Just, just go get one and just to see. I look like someone from Sesame Street. Looks like I'm trying to be a Muppet. <laughs> would you, I don't think would, would you look well. like that monkey who, who gets the jacket after he breaks into the store by oh, accident? Yeah. You know the one? Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. <laughs> no, you look great. You should. Um, yeah, the colour coding, yeah, I think that could have been that better that throughout. That would cool because there's like a whole heap of this stuff that's really stylized, and I just mm. thought if they kept that going, that would add a really nice element mm. to it. Fair enough. Um, some more things just randomly that I liked. Mm-hmm. I liked the episode where they were chasing Mabel and they were in um, Martin Short's really bad car. Yes. Just funny. Like it kind of, it must be great to be, you know, so established in your career and, and just so naturally funny as a an actor or two actors, just put you in a car and, and it'll be funny. Like that's all I need to do yeah. for those two guys, which is yeah. just great. Um, Tina Fey as the podcast, like I guess as a Sarah Caning sort of Yes. Um, I wonder what off. you thought about that. So we probably should mention you and I are uh, fans maybe of true crime. We, we listened to a fair bit of true crime. We yeah, we have in the past. True crime. We've listened to Serial, yeah. S-Town, Trace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, I don't know, how do you feel about true crime? Sometimes I feel like it's... I it's, feel guilty that yeah. I listen to it because <laughs> they're real people you know yeah they're real people I, I found it interesting like i don't know they were clearly painting her character off someone and i kind of want to i don't know it just seemed a bit messy bitch like and i want to know who they're who yeah. they're bitching about sort of well i saw a tweet early on i was like oh my god tina fey has the perfect podcast voice like she does she really does <laughs> yes podcast host and a bit like the you know serial sarah caning um that didn't get resolved he's still in prison isn't he I think he's still in prison. Yeah. None. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Well, that's the thing about true crime. It, it can tell you a good story, but it doesn't actually, well, very rarely does it pr- provide real justice for people. It just sort of gives us something to eat popcorn and look at, you know? Uh, I don't think it's just that. I think it helps people make sense of stories and it helps, you know, we wouldn't have known about that case had we not oh, listened to true. it. And maybe we'll be more aware of injustices in the future because we can have that. That is know. true. Sorry. Well, not necessarily every case, but no, I know they, they become more stories and they do they actual do. justice for real people involved, especially yeah. the victims and the victims' families. Um, yeah, the other podcast stuff, it kind of, it's all funny, you know, the idea of, you know, just taking off podcasts in general. And it's probably surprising that it's taken until 2021 for a, you know, this sort Show of, yeah, a large scale, yeah. you know, parody of podcasting and true crime, but yeah, it's a good effort. I love the fans as well. Yeah. I was going to say the fans are cool. Um, we're not that to that extent, I guess maybe Buzzfeed Unsolved, we, we are big fans, but they sort of, they don't take a whole case and get involved. They sort of look at it from a distance, don't they? Yes. Um, 
But yeah, just having said, like, the, the building and everyone else getting mad at them for yeah. <laughs> in the building for making them all characters in the podcast. Um, and they don't, even, they don't really think about it, do they, themselves? They, no, it's they don't consider it. Yeah, which is interesting for our protagonists to have that sort mm. of flaw in their outlook. Um, the other thing is the, the guys that they met at the servo and yes. they just happened to talk <laughs> about it. Like, yeah, we got a podcast. Oh, yeah, we're in the top ten. <laughs> Yeah, we're just, we're fine. We're like... <laughs> yeah. No, they, they were really funny. Um, no, yeah, I, I think your your criticisms were quite valid today and quite constructive, which is great. Overall, though, there's enough funniness to get you through and great performances and, yeah, it's cool to be in New York in the winter when we're here in Australia in the summer, so... <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. I do have a couple of logic police Oh, here complaints. we go. Here you are, you are. Here you are. We're here, a couple of logic police. Got your badge out. Got my badge flashing it around. Got your gun. What is Selena's job? Um, I believe she is a drawer. (laughs) She draws. How does she make money? How does she eat? Mm. Okay, so she's living in the place because it's her aunt's place, right? But is her aunt passed away or is she overseas or something? Is that unclear? And she's renovating it? Yeah, so maybe your aunt's really rich and was like, you can stay in my place, I'll give you a small allowance as long as you do it up for me and you're really creative mm-hmm. so you can do that. Is, that. is that what we're thinking? Maybe. Small tangent here. I literally read something this morning from Adam Brody who was asked about a revival of the OC and he said that he doesn't think in a post-Trump America that you could make that show anymore because retrospectively show like the OC and Gossip Girl sort of promoted themselves as being a cutting look inside the insidious world of the rich, right? And his point was like it wasn't really. It was a glorification of Mm. rich people. And in order for them to go back now, they'd have to sort of have some social commentary around that and explain how it had changed. And the audience from the original series probably wouldn't want that, right? And so I was just thinking about that, what he said in relation to this show this show is also a celebration of the rich. Like they don't have any of the concerns about money or where to live or anything. And part of it is the flamboyancy, especially of Martin Short's character, you know, where he gets kicked out and he's wheeling his little gold trolley around and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) But it's just a bit like, so Mabel's 20 something and she's just got her whole life paid for four. Is that right? Like, I don't, I don't know. No, I'm with you there because I guess the thing is if you're a movie executive or whatever and you're like, do people really want to watch a movie about a poor person? Like that's not me thinking, oh, that's me being one of those people, right? Surely, you know, they might yeah. think that the movies are an escape and you don't want to see your shitty life reverted back to you. You want to spend some time with the rich and famous and it's more interesting if the guy is a former actor and he lives in a fancy apartment and who don't, no one really cares if she doesn't have a job. She just is. She's Serena Gomez. We're watching it because she's a popular pop star, you know? Yeah. But I'm with you. Like, we should have more people, more stories about poor people and not just poor poverty stories, you know, about how bad their lives are. Um, we should have stories about celebrating everybody's life, from all walks of life. Or just some, like, a touch of realism. Like, mm-hmm. she wakes up and her makeup's perfect and she's already wearing a bra because she's worn it as a bed. And mm, she's what, just... Well, that, that's normal, isn't it? She never has to eat anything or, like, mm. pay a bill. I mean... I don't know. I mean, 
you look you look like perfect in your big yellow <laughs> mustard jacket today. So no. kind of feel like that's a bit realistic there. Moving on to some more logic police things. She paints the mural at the end and she puts the murderer in the mural. <laughs> put the murderer in no. the mural? They tried to kill your friend. What are you talking about? They tried to kill you. And yeah. you're like, how did how did Amy Ryan's nose look like again? Mm. What? What are you doing? Don't do that. She tried to kill the whole building, sense. I believe. Yeah, she tried gas. to blow up the whole building. Yeah. Don't paint the murderer. And she lied about being the first bassoonist. <sighs> Wasn't that a heartbreaking moment right before it was revealed that she did yeah. it? Yeah. And a great ending, a great, you know, setup yes. and then visual storytelling with the, his nosebleed. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't it just? Um, when it's found out that the tie-dye guy, what's his name? His name is Oscar. Oscar uh, is coming out of prison because they all thought that he killed the girl 10 mm. years ago. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares about that story? He says, I have to go upstate to clear my name. Pray tell, how does one clear their name? Do you just walk into a courtroom and go, my name is clear. I am now available to work as a regular human being. Prison? No, I have never been to prison. My name is now clear. And they pop a little stamp on your book saying, name clear. Do you mean when he first gets out or just at the end after it's all revealed? No, you... no, when he first gets out mm. and he has to go away for a bit, he has to go up to New York or whatever, upstate, right. yeah. to clear his name. Yeah. I'm begging writers to stop using the term clear my name because what does it literally mean? Mm. Nothing. How does one clear isn't, their name? Isn't he finding evidence to prove that he didn't kill the girl? That's like, not clearing your name. And why do you need to go upstate to find evidence? Wasn't he? He was going to like the, isn't there like a tattoo parlor that he had to uh, go talk to somebody about what no, happened? No, no. That didn't happen? <laughs> it didn't happen. You can get your name, your record expunged, but that's like clearing your name, isn't it? Well, you have to go back and appeal the decision and everything. Like you mm. have to go through a whole court process. You don't just go for a trip to upstate New York. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I don't know where he come from, but also I liked him. I liked his tie-dye um, hoodie. Was not here for him. I, I liked the when Martin Short started wearing one as well. The, that the was merch. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the end, when they go, they find Amy Ryan yep. and the building are like nice to them and they're like, oh, you can stay now actually. We're not going to kick you out. Mm. Why? why? Why have you suddenly flipped? Your whole point for kicking them out was that they had disrupted your building and made you all characters on a podcast. The fact that they found a murderer doesn't change that. I mean, yeah, but they they got rid of the real murderer and they saved the building from being blown up, didn't they? Well, did everyone know that they saved the building from being blown up? Yeah, because yeah. the only people who knew that were the three people down there with Amy Ryan. Well, I think they probably mention it. <laughs> <laughs> in front of everyone, in front of the, like, outside the no, building? No, it would be revealed. The police would be there and then have to release a statement about what happened. I understand that, but not at the point where they said, you can stay in the building. So they oh, didn't true. know that by that point. Okay. So it makes no sense. Well, I think maybe they, they could have mentioned it. Maybe they're like, why is she being taken away in cuffs? And they'd be like, well, she just tried to kill us and she also killed Tim Kono. And then maybe they're like, oh, okay. No, no. The police wouldn't go, yes, stranger, I no, will but, tell you all the details of this investigation. But Martin Short and Steve Martin and, well, maybe but not Steve don't. Martin. Wouldn't we have seen that if they'd done that? They're well, we don't characters. need to see that because it's, we, we all know that. We don't have to no. see everything. 
I do. I'd like to see everything, please. <laughs> but also just think about it as well. Like if they still kick them out of the apartment after they've actually solved the murder, that doesn't look good on the apartment, does it? They've got to manage their that, PR. Like, oh, good. Whatever. Um, at the end, Mabel says to Charles, who has been poisoned by Amy Ryan's character, let's go get your stomach pumped. His stomach doesn't need to be pumped. It was literally just revealed that the poison was on the hanky, not in the drink. So he wouldn't have any poison in his stomach to be pumped. I think that's a huge plot hole that I've discovered there and I just like some credit for it. Thank you. <laughs> so how, how did he get poison there, I suppose? The hanky. Remember mm. he's sitting in the room? Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. But how would it poison him then if it doesn't get any system? Is it just because he's breathing it in? It was chlor it's like chloroform, right? Right. So it'll just pass? Well, well it doesn't gonna... go in your stomach is my point. Right. Well, how does he get that goes into then? your stomach would go like... You'd have to ingest it. Yeah. Right? And so I don't know how they treat chemical poisonings that you haven't ingested. I assume with lots of fluids and like... They probably blow it up drugs. your nose, yeah. But I don't think it's like pumping your stomach because there's nothing no. in your stomach to be pumped. Oh, bloody hell, Sonny. You've blown my wide open, haven't you? I'm just saying, you know, who, who's who's done the bigger thing here? These guys finding a murderer or me finding a small plot hole on a Disney Plus TV series? That's why you're a professional editor, isn't it? That's it. So my last gripe, in the last episode when we know it's Amy Ryan and Martin Short and Selena Gomez are trying to get to Steve Martin in this, like, comedy of errors when the elevator dings at the wrong time and he's going up and they're going down and all that kind of stuff, which is very funny, very slapstick. Um, not at one point does someone think to call the police you have a direct contact. This detective has said, yeah, my department doesn't agree with you, but I'm, I know something's here, so, you know, I'm here. Call the police. They go down to the, the basement looking for Amy Ryan. Call the police. Amy Ryan's there. Call the police. Literally, call the police. Why do they never call the police? <laughs> if you're a person in this situation and you're, like, uncovering a crime and there's, like, dodgy people, just call the cops. Just call them. Just call them. Just call the cops. Yep. That's all you have to say? Yep. <laughs> no, well, yeah, I guess they just were in a rush, weren't they? Call the police. Yeah. If you know um, everything's happened and your friend has been poisoned and you know she's in the building... What reason do you have to not I mean, call the but police? The episode before, didn't they get in trouble for correctly or incorrectly saying Nathan Lane was the the killer? So maybe the police won't believe him. But I thought that their little detective would. Yeah. She was like in with them. Yeah. It could have been worthwhile giving them a call. It could have been worthwhile giving them the call. Well, it worked out in the end, didn't it? Oh so. my god! Only just she put a gun on them. She did. Uh. Anyway, that's the end of my little logic police rant. Overall, very wholesome show, I thought. <laughs> I liked the, the cross-generational friendship. That's something that you don't see a lot in mm. film and TV. Mm -hmm. And I kind of liked that. And the performances, especially of Martin Short, it, it's, it's enough to, like, make this a really enjoyable watch. Yeah, Martin Short's just got himself an Emmy for sure. I hope so. Yeah. I really do. He deserves one. Yeah, and as I said, like it's it's a light it's a light touch, but 
the people at its co- at the core of the show, um, yeah, they do the podcast. I think to because it's something they're interested in. There's a murder happening in their building, um, but also they need they need a friend, and that's kind of interesting to see that played out. Um, and in unexpected friendship is is always interesting to watch, isn't it? It is. And it's nice the way they um they learn from each other. Um, you know, just how to text properly. <laughs> yes. <they laughs> Who Sting is? That's like yeah, that. but the, you know, a bit of back and forth there. Yeah, that's good. Do you want to give it an overall rating, Sine? Uh, Three point eight nine. It's your most specific rating yet. <laughs> Do you want to talk us through it? So I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, it's not perfect. That gets rid of five stars. Really enjoyed it. You're automatically at a three. Okay. So we've got 0.89. And I just needs to feel be established. Like yeah. I can't quite bump it up to four because of logic police things. Oh, maybe I can. You know what? Four stars. Okay, it's found that little bit extra. That's awesome. I enjoyed it. I yeah. enjoyed it. I'm going to give it four stars too. I think the only thing stopping it from being a five star show because it was like a, a five star enjoyment level for me. But yeah, I think some of those like, things you identified where it maybe just could have been a bit tighter and yeah. Actually, working I out Amy... that whole that whole secondary plot. I'm dropping it back down to three point eight. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the Amy Ryan thing being so obvious. Yes. Know. But at the same time, I was kind of like, because I worked it out, I was like, please myself. So, you know. <laughs> maybe that's why they do it. So the audience feels like a bit chuffed. They're like, oh, yeah. I figured it out. I'm, <laughs> I'm clever. <laughs> okay. Well, we really enjoyed Only Murders in the Building. Please get around it. New season coming out next year sometimes, I think, maybe a year after. So um, get on it now. You know, it's, it's for free on Disney+. Plus. So. Really short episodes too, so very. Yeah, you can you can blitz through it in an afternoon or you know yeah. a couple of days if you want. So, yeah. Well, that's been us. We're on Twitter, aren't we, Sine? We are. We're at I Only Like You Pod. Yeah, get in touch. Had a few people getting in touch recently. It's really nice. It's nice um, to engage with the fans, you know. It sure is, and it'd be nice if um, you know, our podcast was as successful as Only Murders in the Building is in universe. Would you listen to it as well? I oh, probably God, would. Yeah. yeah, it'd be good. Hey. You know, us Martin heads obviously would, but. So if you're a Martin head, are you a Steve Martin head or a Martin short head? Uh, at the moment, mainly Steve, but I've always enjoyed myself some Martin short. And given that I'm into them at the moment, I think I'm going to have to watch Three Amigos soon. Maybe even Father of the Bride, one and two. Remember so those? You're happy, you're happy to spread your, your Martin love yeah. across several Martins. Yeah, they're in my love circle. Uh <laughs> timely reference there for everybody uh, alright well until next time we'll see you on I Only Like You and Movies bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.